the memories. The clock is down to 48 seconds. 20 to 10, Colorado leads Nebraska. They have waited a long time for this. So many times, the red flood has come into Folsom Field, and they have gone back across the border to the north, the winner. It won't be this time. The Stories. Prukop to the corner for Carrington, intercepted! Colorado got it! Witherspoon! With the biggest play in Colorado football for years! And now, as a supplement to over 40 years worth of CU football coverage in the CU at the Game archives, here is Stewart with his CU at the Game podcast. Greetings, Buff fans from CU at the Game. This is Stuart Whitehair, publisher and editor for the CU at the Game website, and your host for the CU at the Game podcast. Welcome back to our NIL interview series. In this episode, we are introduced to sophomore cornerback Nico Reed. Reed, from California, was all-league as a wide receiver, defensive back, and special teams performer in high school. He was recruited by several schools at receiver, but chose Power 5 Conference Colorado, which saw his future as a cornerback. In addition to talking about his recruitment, Reed talks about how even as a true freshman with a talented roster in front of him, that he was told that if he was good enough, he would get a chance to play. Reed wound up playing in all 12 games of the 2021 season, but got his chance to make a name for himself at the end of the season, with a fourth-quarter interception to help preserve the win over Washington and a 100-yard kickoff return for a touchdown against Utah. So, what did it feel like to hear the cheers of 50,000 Buff fans with his game-saving end zone interception against Washington? What did he see in the game film, which gave him confidence he could return a kickoff for a touchdown against Utah? What was it like to lose his position coach and then three starters in the defensive backfield over the span of just over a month this past offseason? What does he appreciate about his new position coach, Rod Chance, who, quote, tells the truth. And what school record did Reed set in the 2021 season finale that he wasn't even aware of until we talked? Let's find out. Okay, and we're back. And we're talking with sophomore cornerback, Nico Reed. Uh, Welcome to the podcast. Hey, how's it going? Good. How about yourself? I'm doing good. Well, good. We were just talking before we get started here. You're in Texas visiting family today or this month before uh, June hits and you have to start back in Colorado? Yes, sir. Okay. How's it been going for you? So far, the weather hasn't changed. It's been hot every day, but grind doesn't stop uh, working out every day, you know, that, that type of stuff. Okay, so no off days, even in your, even when you're done in Boulder, you're still working out and still got to work. Still got to work. Okay, it's like a test. <laughs> <laughs> so you you got through your freshman year. Classes went okay. Finals went okay. Yep, I actually finished uh better than what I expected, like a three seven five. Oh wow! 
That's, yeah. that's great. What's your What's your major? Right now, I'm, I'm uh, going to the communication side. So, okay. Yeah. So school's easy. So that's good to know, right? A little bit. <laughs> A little bit. Yeah. Okay. Well, let's start back. I always like to start uh, listening to stories about your recruiting. You were part of the class of 2021. Yeah. Um, so you committed. September 2020 during the COVID year when not a whole lot was going on. You're from California. Hayward, where's Hayward in California? Is that in the Bay Area or where are you? Yep, yep the Bay Area. But uh, I just went to school in Hayward, but uh, I was born and raised in San Francisco and Oakland. Okay. And 2019, you know, your, well, I guess it would have been your junior year, your first team all league at wide receiver, defensive back, and special teams. So yeah, you obviously were had a lot of talents going for you. But if you're looking at the recruiting services; they didn't know what to do with you. Rivals had you as a wide receiver recruit, and 24/7 Sports had you down as an athlete. Yeah. Um, how were you being recruited, and what uh, what different schools were asking you to do different things? So everybody wants you to play quarterback, or different schools want you to play different positions. Yep. So, uh, my high school film, it was, uh, my junior year I had, uh, well, my sophomore year, actually, I played mainly cornerback and that year I had about eight or nine, uh, interceptions. So the next year, like going into my junior year, uh, I worked at receiver cause I wanted to play receiver. I liked the ball in my hand. So I wanted to focus on receiver more, not really technical with cornerback, but I liked working at receiver. So that season, um, I actually, I had like, Everything I worked on at receiver had paid off that year. I had a lot of stats, like, receiver-wise, so that's what I was focusing on. I wanted to go to the next level to play receiver. All my brothers play receiver also, so that's what inspired me. Recruiting-wise, I had got recruited at uh, receiver and cornerback, but most schools, like Eastern Washington, uh, Colorado, uh, what else, Air Force, other schools like that. Some uh, some schools uh, offer that corner, but a little only a little bit of schools offer that receiver. Like uh, I had a um, Washington State offer at receiver. I had a Colorado State offer at receiver too. I think Fresno wanted me to try out both. So mainly, I'm like recruiting wise. I was getting recruited as a corner, so I had to start you know practicing at at corner, like the techniques and stuff like that. Couldn't just focus on receiver. And um, uh, I was an uh, athlete really because I was getting both offers and 24-7 sports. I asked, like, um, are you just a corner or are you a receiver? And I just told him, like, oh, yeah, I'm just getting recruited at both. But when I got the Colorado offer, I had got Colorado State before that, and they offered that receiver. And then, like, immediately that same day, Colorado University had offered as a cornerback. But they told me, like, athlete, but it was mainly cornerback. So I didn't know anything about, like, conferences of the college football until I actually started getting offered, which is crazy. And I figured out that uh, Colorado was, like, uh, Power 5, and that's what I wanted to play in. I see, uh, I saw myself playing in Power 5, and it was just exciting and, uh, to get a Power 5 offer from Colorado, which was also my first offer from Power 5 school. And they wanted me to play corner mainly, so I was like, you know, maybe corner is where I need to look forward to. And maybe I could play receiver in college if if I have other plans, but 
I'm focusing on cornerback. So yeah. Okay. And you mentioned the Air Force. So it looks like you also had a re- offer from Army. Was a uh, an academy some of you actually looked at, or is that uh, just a couple offers that you got? Were you considering going through? No, the those are just. Uh, uh, I'm, I wasn't really uh, interested in uh, like going to the Air Force or Army, but those were also D1 offers. So, you know, you can't just not be interested. That, that might be your your path, but yeah. Our Air Force had offered at uh, Corner and uh, Army. They offered me as an athlete, too, because on offense, they didn't run, you know, they didn't run like a passing offense. But, uh, you know, Corner, you can make plays on any team. Okay. So did you actually uh, get a play at 2020 season? Did you play in the spring of 2020 at all? or uh, I played uh, – so our games – our first game was in March uh, in 2020. I played just our first game. I didn't play. We had five games in total. Only played one because of two of our uh, te- two of my teammates got hurt. So I didn't want to risk me getting hurt in those other four games because it was just a five game season. So right. I only just did one. And I was and I was a senior also, and I had like practice and like worked out in the off season. So I just wanted to see like where I was at, getting ready to my uh, go to college. So yeah, just play one game. Okay. Yeah. You're already signed your letter of intent and everything at that point. And yeah. you were heading for Boulder in June. So you got to Boulder. Had you did you take an official visit? Did you ever have a chance to take an official uh, visit? I've never took an official visit. I had an unofficial visit actually on Zoom. So no. Oh. So and I actually got to visit the school the the uh, same day I had moved in to Boulder. <laughs> that was my that was my first time visiting. Yeah. Wow. So you've never been to Boulder just on vacation or anything like that? Been to Colorado? No, never. Wow. So <laughs> you must have been pretty impressed with the coaching staff to kind of take it sight unseen to move from California to Colorado. Yeah. Were you, you worried about the winters or you? Uh... Um, I had actually I had came to Texas like a couple like in December, uh, like a couple months before June before my move in and it was kind of cold out here it was like 30 degrees and i'm like god just imagine how colorado's going to be in it snows out there and have to play in that snow and stuff like that yeah i was kind of i was kind of nervous about the weather but i mean i would have i would eventually get used to it so it's not that big of a deal you just got to prepare yourself okay so came in as a, a true freshman you played in all 12 games last year I'm um, getting a start in the finale you know, against Utah. Was that always in the plans that you were going to play even as a true freshman, even though there was a bunch of uh, other starters that were already in place in the secondary that they wanted you to play as a true freshman? Was that always the the plan last fall? Uh, my corner coach, he, he told me if I'm good enough to play, you will play. So it doesn't matter if uh, anybody's older than you. Doesn't matter if uh, they have more experience, anything like that. If you're if you're good enough to play, you will play. And if you're the best corner that we have, then you will play. So it didn't matter. Like so, I was already preparing myself like to be the guy that's good enough to play, the one that we need. So I was already preparing myself to play. So they told me I can't play as a true freshman, but if if I if it was other plans, then there were like for me, and then I would have redshirted, then I would have did that. But they told me like. If you could play. If you could play, you can play. So okay, and like I yeah. said, you, you played in all twelve games, so you were ready to go from the first game. 
So tell us a little bit about, you know, being a cornerback. They always talk about how cornerbacks have to have a short memory because there are going to be plays where you're not going to be successful, where you're going to get beat, but you can't let, can't dwell on stuff like that. You have to just get ready for the next play. Is that the the mentality that you've been taught as a cornerback that you have to, you know, play for the next play and not worry about what happened the play before? Yeah, corner, you have to really have a short memory because you cannot let the last play, say you get scored on and like, and you're dwelling on that touchdown that uh, just happened on you. If you're dwelling on that throughout the whole game, you're just going to uh, hurt yourself. So uh, our, our uh, defense corner always tells us next play mentality. So you have to not only be worried about the play that just, that just ended, you have to worry about the next play that's coming up. You cannot dwell uh, on on uh, stuff bad that happened to you because it's just going to mess your game up. It's going to be on your mind, and you're going to be thinking about that. You're not going to be thinking about the play that's coming up, actually. Okay. Well, let's uh, let's talk a little bit about the Washington game where you kind of had a little bit of a coming out party as far as Buff fans getting to know who Nico Reed was. Yeah. Um, I'll set the stage, and then you can tell us about the play. Early in the fourth quarter, C was up 13 to 10, just scored right at the end of the third quarter. Robert Barnes recovered a fumble at the seven-yard line, but the offense didn't do anything with it, only came up with a field goal. So it was still 13 to 10. Ensuing drive, Washington started the fourth quarter, driving all the way down the field, got as far as the 28-yard line. So now it's a 13 to 10 game, third and nine at the CU 28-yard line. You're playing cornerback. Take it from there. What happened next? All right. So throughout that drive, I had a good drive. I had like a um, a tackle and a perimeter uh, a couple plays ago. In that series, I was just kind of locked in after that tackle. And uh, it was third down. It was like third and eight. Um, I mean, I'm pressed up in man coverage. Uh, I'm not thinking I'm not thinking like any like slant or quick game or anything. But uh, I'm just I'm just patient at the line. The man declares his release and he runs up field. I'm just looking at his, his like his side, like where his hip is and stuff, and his rib. And I just know like, like he's declared his route already. So I'm just gonna look look up, like see if they're throwing the ball to my way. And the ball happens to just be right there in my face, and I just catch the ball, fall in the end zone. And I'm like, on the way down, I'm just like, I really caught the ball. Like I have it still. So it just it was just uh, surprising because. I knew it was a. <laughs> I just knew it was an interception, and it was a, in the next level. So it was my first one. So I was just excited to come down with that ball. Yeah. So what was it like getting fifty thousand fans cheering for you with an interception in the end zone in the fourth quarter? Uh, actually, like in real life, I didn't notice like all the like cr- the uh, crowd and stuff. I was just celebrating with my teammates. Like, I, yeah, I just got a. Third, I just got off. Uh, got us up off the field, but. Uh, I had watched the play like on film and I see like everybody's going crazy. And uh, so it didn't hit me until I actually watched the play on film. I didn't get to feel that. I I feel like I felt it in real life, but I didn't actually feel the excitement from the crowd until I watched it on film. Yeah. Well, there's still a lot of fourth quarter to play and turn out to be a 2017 CU win. So, you know, obviously the interception played a big part of that. And then going into the finale, the road game against Utah, when did you find out that you were going to be a starting for the, the last game of the season last year, your first start um, of your career? So our, our starter for the kick return, he had got hurt in the Washington game. So 
uh, I was out there. I was actually out there uh, during the Washington game and kick return, but I didn't get uh, to field one. But um, so I started. I had to start because I was the next up um, at kick return. I was in. I was with the secondary. Uh, I mean the twos, and so that game I had to uh, step up, and then I knew I was going into the Utah game having to start at kick return since I was the next up. Yeah, well, and on the on the field on defense as well. I'm going to read you a couple of quotes here. Carl Durrell was asked about you in the week between the the Washington game and the Utah game, and he said to the press, "Wait till he returns." You're going to see a little bit more of what he can do. He's a dynamite athlete. So he was talking about you being a kick return. Then you were asked that same week, you know, about kick and returns. And you said, I've been doing kick returns since I was in high school. So I'm kind of used to that. I like kick return. I'm very confident in my running ability with the ball in my hands. I love having the ball in my hands. I'm very confident that I'll score on Friday. So not lacking for confidence going into the the Utah game that uh, you were going to do well as a as a kick return. As you mentioned, you had some kick returns for scores in high school, both as a kick returner and a and a punt returner. Um, but then, of course, then the opening kickoff of the second half, hundred yard kickoff return for a touchdown. So, tell us about that, and tell us about what you remember about that that play and that return. All right, so uh, I'm gonna start off with um, youth football. I was our kick returner, and, and uh, every time I played with youth football, I've actually returned a lot of uh, kick returns uh, back then when I was younger. Uh, going into high school, I knew I could do it still, so I had some uh, kick returning ability. High school, returned some kicks. Uh, my junior year, senior year, or yeah, my senior year too, I had returned one. And going into college, I knew I could play uh, kick return. And I also had the ability, like the just God-given talent to return uh, kicks. So uh, that week, um, I was I had watched, like we watched film on uh, Utah and their kickoff team. And uh, I just seen, like, I just watched clips where teams would score on them. And uh, I seen what went well and what didn't. And I noticed that kickoff, their kickoff team is, is uh, very disciplined at times, but they can get uh, a little off. When when they're off, you just have to make that play. And uh, going into Utah week, uh, actually, uh, one of my coaches, one of the um, outside linebacker coaches, had uh, told me, "Man, you're gonna get a you're gonna get a kick return this week. I feel it." And uh, I, after watching like the film on Utah's kickoff team, uh, I just was confident like I could kick I could uh, do a kick return too. After watching other people do it, I mean, if they could do it, I feel like I could could have did it. And I just had confidence that I was going to do it. And I haven't had that chance to uh, feel the kickoff uh, ever in the whole season. And this was my time. So I had to like take take full effect on it. And, um, so going into Utah, they didn't kick me the uh, ball the first two scores. Everyone on our kickoff return team was like, oh, yeah, man, if they kick it to you and we're going to score this, I just feel it. They're not ready. And then, uh, Coming into the second quarter, I mean the third quarter after the half, I was thinking about the um, just returning the kick in the game. Like during the whole like time we were in the locker room, I was like, "Man, I'm, I'm going to score. I want to change this game." And we went out there, they kicked the ball off, and I seen it was like a good ball for me to catch, so I caught it. And uh, it just so happened like where we were supposed to return is whoever got the, whoever caught the ball, we have to return to that side. 
And I've seen, like, because they have a good uh, disciplined kickoff team, they all were downfield shedding blocks and stuff like that. So I had, like, just try to make a move the other way, get them all moved to one way. And then I so happened to just bounce off a tackle, and it created me a lane, and I just took it. And I had to do – I knew uh, there was my coming, so I could, I told myself I had to make them miss if I want to score. And I just made a miss and I just kept running. I seen a kicker. He almost was catching me. So I was just like, <laughs> pick the knees up. And then uh, I seen the end zone and I was like, it was just exciting. Like, I'm really about to score. I'm really about to run into the end zone. I just hope there's no flags or anything. <laughs> yeah. And then um, I'm running like across the end zone after I score. I'm just looking in the stands like, I just I just held the ball because I didn't know what to do. And I was like, yeah, I just really did that. Like, my first one, everybody was, like, expecting me to score, and I, I did it. It was just exciting. Well, great. I don't know if you've seen the replays of that, you know, from the television coverage, but uh, they didn't yeah, know did. Nico Reed was that they uh, – No, they didn't. They gave a t- <laughs> touchdown to – I think it was uh, the tight end. Sarah. Yes, there. That was Jack Estero receiver. Yeah, so and it's crazy because it was uh, it was actually his first game uh, on the road, and, and uh, they had put his name on there. Yeah. So, are you going to be twenty five? Are you going to be six this year? Um, be number. I'm gonna be number six. Okay, so everybody's going to know who you are this year when you get that pick six or something like that. So, yeah. not to give away any trade secrets, but uh, you're going to be a valuable member of the defense this year. Are you going to still be kicking, returning kicks, or are you too important now to uh, risk injury and have you returning kicks? Yeah, I'm going to still do kick return. Okay, very good. Yeah. Well, I'm good. I bet you uh, – well, you might not know this. I don't know that uh, you actually set up – you did something that's never been done in Colorado history with that kick return. Um, that? You can tell your mom – that uh, there have been 12 returns of over 100 yards or 100 yards. They only count the first 100, you know, doesn't matter if it's 105, 103, it all goes in the oh, yeah. record book is 100. There have been 12 returns in CU history that have 100 yards, eight kickoff returns, four interception returns. But yours was the first of the 12 that was outside of the state of Colorado. Oh, that's so crazy. The other 11 were either in Boulder and there were a couple in Denver. But yours was the first ever for the oh, University no. of Colorado to go 100 yards in a in opposing field in, a, in another state. So you got you got the record. So if you haven't told, you know, tell your mom, tell your teammates that uh, you know you're in the record books. Here's only the, only the second one by a freshman, um, but the first one outside of the state of Colorado. So congratulations on making the the CU record book and. Now, now you can have something to brag about when you get back to Boulder in in uh, June. Now, yeah, see. so you ended the season on a high note, you know, with the kickoff return, the interception, and you know, help win the game against Washington. Looked like, you know, the secondary was going to be one of the strongest units on the team, with a lot of starters, you know, four starters back, everything like that. A very popular, you know, recruit. Uh, recruiting coach uh, and coach Martin and stuff, or, you know, uh, meet, I guess you call them. But then the dominoes started to to fall in December. Coach Martin left for Oregon. And then January in quick order, Christian Gonzalez goes to Oregon. Mark Perry goes to TCU. Mikhail Blackman goes to USC. 
you know, how hard was it for you to, you know, have a great end to the 2021 season? That looks like you're going to have a great 2022 backfield. How did it feel to be kind of one of the last guys in the room at that point? Um, actually, I wouldn't say I was the last guy in the room, but those guys that transferred, I kind of knew them like uh, kind of closely. So yeah, it was like just hard for them to uh, like leave to see them leave. But then again, you can't control what other people want to do and their opinions and stuff like that. And I'm pretty sure they had their own opinions on the decision and stuff like that. So I can't control it. But yeah, I didn't. I I wouldn't say I was a last person in the room though. Okay, so you got a new coach in Rod Chance who actually swapped spaces. He came from Oregon. What can you tell the Buff fans about uh, the new cornerbacks coach, Rod Chance? So the new cornerbacks coach, he has a, he uh, comes with a lot of energy every day. Doesn't matter like if it's if it's a, a bad day for him or anything like that. He comes with a lot of energy. Uh, it feeds off on it feeds off on us and brings us energy too. We like him because. Like he he keeps it real with us. He uh he always he doesn't want to tell us what we want to hear, but he tells us the real, tells us the truth, and that's what we actually want to hear. We want to hear the truth, and so yeah, he just keeps it real. We like that in him. Okay, so you know, changing over from a three four to a four three, but I'm guessing that probably doesn't have a lot of effect in your world in terms of how the defense is played because you're out there on an island all by yourself anyway. Does it? Does the new defense that CU is going to be playing this year have uh, any impact on what you're going to be doing on field? Some stuff does. Some stuff, sometimes we have to know, like, uh, what our linebacker, we have to know what our linebackers are doing and uh, when to give them calls, uh, when to give our linemen, our linemen calls. Uh, it just certain stuff, like, we have to, like, know in order to, like, communicate. So, yeah, I would say it changed a little bit. Okay. And you're done with spring practices now. Again, you know, other than the spring scrimmage and the spring showcase, the Buff fans don't get to see a lot of what's going on behind the gates. Heard, you know, this is my 17th interview this spring. Been hearing a lot about how, you know, it's been a really good spring, a lot of enthusiasm, that the team seems pretty close-knit. Um, how would you grade you know, this past spring, how was it for you? For just for me or like for the team in general? Well, for you and and then what you observed with the, the whole team. For the team, I'll say start off with the team. Um, we know like the expectations from uh, coming from last year. I feel like uh, we're a very young team. Some of us are young in very, spot, in very many spots and we're all hungry. So like young players and we're all hungry. That's like, that's a good like trait to have. And uh, we just know like, Coming from last year, we know, like, the good and the bad, and we've learned from our mistakes. So we know, like, what's to bring into this year. But um, for myself, the very first practice, uh, I feel like I started off good, and I had uh, missed about four practices right after that because I had gotten sick, uh, which made me, like, lose a ton amount of weight, uh, which also – it kind of let like let me down because like the off season I had worked very hard like for like my games and stuff like that, and just to see it like just fall immediately after the first practice it kind of let me down. And but when I came back, uh, I didn't let that uh, kind of mess with me. But certain stuff I like my technique uh, when I came back was kind of off, but uh, had to work back into that and getting into the groove of practices and stuff like that. 
trying to get my weight back at the same time. Uh, it was a very long spring for me, I would say. But then again, uh, you know, still we still practice very like very intent and uh, you know learn stuff every day. Uh, had to learn to not let what I what I thought about myself let me down. Like I couldn't let my weight loss let me down into not practicing well. So still had to bring it. Kind of didn't. It kind of let. Me, it kind of didn't uh, affect me like for making plays and stuff like that. So. I feel like I had a very decent uh, spring. Okay, so there's a lot of there's a lot of uh, room to improve on though. Okay, so are you getting your weight back up now? Or are you are you back to uh, what you want it to be, or are you still working on that? Actually, I'm just a couple pounds uh, less than what I was uh, the first spring practice. So yeah, I'm getting it up, just slowly getting there. Yeah. Okay, because I think looking back on your recruiting profile and stuff like that, they were saying you're pretty pretty skinny kid, you know, so, yeah. but uh, how has it been with Shannon Turley? You've had a full year with the weight staff and the strength and conditioning. Uh, has that helped you uh, being in the weight room this off season? Uh, yeah. It's funny that you said that uh, my recruiting, I was actually about 155 when I got offered for CU, yeah. but um, yeah, for coach Turley, he's a good, I feel like he's a good uh, strength and conditioning coach. Uh, he actually has gotten me stronger over the time of of this spring. I felt myself get uh, a lot stronger than I, I I've ever gotten. So yeah, he's he's been doing a good job. Okay, so you're going from last year as a true freshman, where you weren't sure in the summer how much you're going to play. Obviously, you had confidence that you're going to get on the field because coach said if you're good enough to play, you're going to play. Yeah. Now you're a presumed starter heading into the 2022 season, does that affect you any differently mentally, knowing that uh, you're now going to be a starter as opposed to hoping to get some, you know, time on the field? Uh, you know, there's a lot of uh, – I feel like it's a lot of um, pressure on me since we have, like – I wouldn't say pressure, but a lot of expectations since we had two good corners leave, uh, our starting corners. We have two guys, two new guys next up. And I feel like uh, it just it's just making me like work harder. So it's just making making me like step into the the old person's shoes and be even more better than than that. And I feel like it doesn't it doesn't change anything. I still have that chip on my shoulder as if I didn't start and is uh, I'm still working to get on the field. Uh, I just gotta still show what I can do and make plays. I don't want to get too big headed about like me starting and stuff like that. Cause I still like, I still don't know what I'm capable of doing. I just want to uh, go out there and give it my best. Okay. So you, you talk about the next man up and you know, you were the next man up for this past season going into this year, who in the locker room haven't the buff fans seen that it's either a freshman or redshirt freshman or somebody that hasn't played much. Who's uh who's going to be the next man up uh, in addition to you that uh, maybe CU fans don't know as well but they're going to get to know them this fall because they're going to be out there getting a lot of playing time. On offense, I just want to, uh, I want to uh, mention Jack Estera and uh, uh, Charlie uh, Offerdahl. I think that's his last name, but uh -huh. those two, they, they have been uh, working, working their butts off. And I feel like they're going to be, they're going to be good. And, uh, they haven't seen much of them last year, but this year they're, they have shown up, uh, especially in spring. 
And uh, I would say on the defensive uh, defensive side, um, I wanted to shout out. Uh, I don't think they have seen enough of uh, Kayla Moore or Tyron Taylor or anything like that. Just want to shout them out too. Okay. So, again, you know, there are a lot of the preseason magazines, um, you know, the Carl Durrell was quoted as saying he doesn't talk to the team about what other people say about the team. You know, like I say, you know, the defensive backfield would have been one of the top rated defensive backfields in the in the Pac-12. Now there's going to be some questions. Do you pay any attention to that as far as what the other people are saying about uh, CU's secondary heading into the 2022 season? Or are you just doing your thing and going to take care of business when it comes? Oh, no, I'm never worried about like what people are saying. Like they could say anything like that would be like in like one side or their opinion, but we still have to show up and compete our butts off and uh, make plays and stuff like that. We still have to go, uh, you know, go crazy. Okay. Well, last thing I'm going to ask you, it, it goes to the your bio on cubus.com. Something about you doing a bunch of backflips on a trampoline. That's a uh, some skill set that you have that uh, is worthy of mention. What what was that all about? <laughs> Honestly, um, I had to. I had. I didn't have any time to come up with any skills, but I feel like I could do some, <laughs> some backflips on the trampoline. I'm not like just an Olympic or anything on the trampoline, but I feel like that was just the first thing that came to my mind. Okay, so we're gonna wish you luck. Well, first of all, stay healthy. That's uh, first and foremost, and then. Uh, we're looking for number six instead of number 25. So Hestera uh, can get his credit when he actually does something as number 25. We want to make sure that uh, next time you are in the end zone with the ball and not knowing what to do with it, that uh, at least the TV people know who who is the one that actually scored the touchdown. So yeah. wish you good health and have a, have a great season. Yeah, I appreciate you. Thank you. Thanks for listening. This episode and this series of interviews would not have been possible without your kind contributions to the See You at the Game NIL campaign. So thanks to all of you for supporting your CU student-athletes. The interviews are winding up, but I still have a few left to do, and I look forward to meeting a couple more CU student-athletes before this campaign comes to a close. I hope that you are subscribing to the podcast so that you won't miss any of the upcoming interviews or future episodes back with Brad and Neil. As you hopefully know by now, the podcast is available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and other podcast sites. Or, if you're not a fan of downloading podcasts, all of the NIL podcast interviews can be listened to at the See You at the Game website. And so, until next time, be well, stay safe, and go Buffs! Thank you for listening to our See You at the Game podcast. For links to articles and stories referenced in this podcast, go to cuatthegame.com. That's the letter C, the letter U, at thegame.com. If you have comments or suggestions, you can leave them on the website or send an email to cuatthegame at gmail.com. If you've enjoyed this podcast, please be sure to subscribe and share it with your fellow Buff fans. Until next time, 
when we will again see you at the game. New year, new credit scores. Chime makes it easier to build credit by using your own money to make on-time payments with a secured Chime Credit Builder Visa credit card. Use it everywhere Visa credit cards are accepted. To apply, just open a Chime checking account with a qualifying direct deposit. There's no annual fee or credit check required when applying. Get started at Chime.com build. That's Chime.com build. The Chime Credit Builder Visa credit card is issued by the Bancorp Bank N.A. or Stride Bank N.A. members FDIC. Late payment may negatively impact your credit score. Results may vary.